Hello, and welcome to the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. I'm Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And once again, we are talking about family. Family! Ma familia. All right. Familia. Before we go any further, as is tradition when we talk about these movies, uh, let's crack these beers, Wesley. Three, two, one. Well, ASMR for the nice. audience there. Nice. They're um, not Coronas. I'm sorry, Vin. They're not Coronas. I know. He'd be so disappointed because they're sponsored by Corona. Those movies are so sponsored by Corona. It's so funny because I was rewatching. So ever since I've watched this movie, my TikTok is now full of Fast and Furious clips. Um, one of the big ones being like a lot of ones from the first movie. And I forgot there's a line in the first movie where Vin Diesel goes. He goes up to um paul walker as they're in like his house having a party or whatever he goes you can drink anything as long as it's a corona and i'm like oh my god they've been sponsored since day one corona is ride or die they are family yeah literally um yeah so if you haven't gathered we're gonna be talking about fast x the 10th installment in the long-running fast and the furious franchise um wesley what are you drinking for your beer uh i currently have the good robot ten thousand pound pilsner uh that's what i'm drinking I'm drinking um, Cold Stream Clear, their new beer. They just they released a beer. It's a pretty good beer. Yeah, a nice classic lager. Yeah, my um, Chick Pilsner. If anyone's interested, if, if you were curious, yeah. <laughs> Let's. I feel like there's only one place we can start with this conversation before we get into the movie and our thoughts on all the movie. I think it's worth mentioning the the reception to this movie and really honestly the reception to this franchise at this point in time. Because the Fast franchise is one of the longest-running franchises in America. Uh, one of the longest-running movie franchises in modern cinema, which I hate to say. Yeah, but it's true. Um, and I, I have a question for you, just off the rip. New Fast movie has arrived. Does anyone care at all? No. I, it's, it's so funny, because I keep telling people that I saw it, and they're like, who cares? Like, I, no one cares about it. It came out, and I've, like, yeah, I saw it, and I'm sure it's making, like, money. I don't know. People are buying tickets for it, but is anyone talking about it? Here's the thing. I don't know how much money it's actually making, because I just saw on, um, uh, there's a Twitter page that I follow called Halifax Cinema, and all the showings for Fast and Furious, Fast X got reduced, um, I, and so there is less showings, and it's going to be out of theaters faster. Um, hmm. so that's not looking good for them. Um, this movie cost a reported $340 million to make. It oh is the my. eighth most expensive movie of all time. <laughs> they need to, how did this cost more than Avatar the Way of the Water? I couldn't tell you. I really have no idea, but it did. Um, and they need to make quite a bit of money to break even. Well, the problem is not even... It's not the stunts, it's not the CGI, it's not the cars, it's the actors themselves. They have so many big-name actors in there, especially now. Like, in the beginning of the franchise, none of these guys were big-name. But now, we've got Vin Diesel, um, uh, we've, I can't even remember all their names. There's so many of them. They're all here. Uh, like, there are so many actors and actresses here, um that are like million dollar contract actors. Um, most movies you get a couple A-listers. This is like all A-listers. So it's true. Almost everyone in here is like very famous. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's why it costs them so much money. It's not the cars and the stunts. It's the actual actors themselves. Yeah. Um, but hey, you can't get cut one out because family, baby. Can't get rid of them. Um, even actors and actresses who shouldn't be showing up in these movies still. Good example. Uh, Jordana Brewster, who plays Mia, I believe is her name. Is that yeah. her name? Okay. God, I can't believe I've watched all these movies and I couldn't remember her name for a minute there. Um, she doesn't deserve to be cut out of the franchise because Paul Walker tragically passed away in real life. But that being said, her character showing up still in these movies just makes zero sense. I know she's Dom's sister, but like, why is she here and he's not? It's just, it's like very weird. Um, so there's actors and actresses who just like probably their time with these movies should have come to an end, but they're just still popping up somehow. Yeah. Now I find it very interesting because this movie, I just checked online. It's made three hundred and forty-five million so far, which it made its budget back, but it hasn't made anything yet. Um, yeah, I, people are seeing it. When I went to the movies the other night, there was tons of people buying tickets for this movie, but I'm hearing no one talk about it. Like, there's zero conversation around it, which I find super interesting. Because two years ago, we talked the entire franchise. You had watched them for the first time. And yeah. We had talked about nine when it released. Uh, great conversation. Check it out if you haven't heard it yet. But in that time, I find noticeably people just really stopped caring. Like even with nine, there was people in our life who were like, all right, these movies are dumb, but I'll come see fast nine. I'm sure it'll be fun. And we had to fight to get three of us to the movie theater to see fast 10. Yeah. Um, Like, I really just think that there's been a huge drop off in like anyone's engagement with it. I told our friend Cole, I would buy him his ticket and he still said, no, that's crazy. Like, cause here's the thing. I feel like, the only reason why people wanted to see Fast 9 was uh, for the absurdity and the insanity. Um, and so hearing that they're going a little bit more back to their roots um, and that kind of thing, I feel like no one cares because they've strayed so far already. Like, how do you get back? Yeah, you take them to space and you can't really go back to, like, classic Fast and yeah. Furious vibes at that point. Um, yeah, I was about to ask you, actually, but I think you kind of answered it. I was going to say, why beyond the franchise completely having jumped the shark do you think people have tapped out so drastically? Is it, like, how long-running it is, or or what do you feel yeah, it is? Yeah, I think it's definitely how long-running it is is definitely a part of it. But, yeah, I think the biggest part is there's, like, no real emotional connection for the audience anymore. You're just there to watch cars go fast and be furious. Um, and it's, like, that's it. So... I totally get their desire to kind of jump back to their roots and get a bit back into um, the family aspect of it. But the people who cared about that are long gone and no one's going to watch seven movies to catch back up, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, they're in a tricky spot because now the only people that are still here are the few that actually do care. And the people like us who are like, I just want to see how it ends. Yeah, you're right, because notably, Cole, the one who turned down your, your free offer for the movie, big car guy. Another one of our friends, Nick, uh, big car guy. They don't care anymore. You know, no. the people who actually gave a shit about, like, oh, street racing and cars and nice cars, they're long gone. And all that remains is people like you and I who are like, yeah, John Cena just shot eight rockets out of the side of his vehicle. Like, like... It's yeah, left for the John Cena just jumped out of a plane in a canoe. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sick. <laughs> but everyone who has any respect for what this franchise once was 
is gone. so pissed off by what this has become that they're long gone, leaving only people like you and I. Yeah, exactly. People who are willing to shut their brains off and go watch something very dumb. Mm-hmm. But I, that being said, I did have a good time with this movie. Like, I did enjoy it. I, I thought that them going back to their roots was a good choice. Um, and I, I personally found that in this one, they didn't have as many crazy stunts and, like, insanity, like cars going to space. Yes, there are a few crazy moments. It's the Fast and Furious. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, there is a sense of, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Backtracking. There's a sense of backtracking to me where they're like, okay, they realized nine was a little crazy. Let's take it back a bit. And I think personally that it kind of worked. So I I do agree. I feel like fast nine, I was there for how dumb it was and I was there to laugh with my friends, but it really did take the franchise into a territory that was like, Oh, like it was complete insanity. They were like, all right, we're going to attach wings to the side of a a car and we're going to fly it into space and retrieve something from a space station. And there's like magnets that are pulling cars across like, all of Europe, it got like really dumb. And I feel like this one, it does return a little bit to the version of these movies that I really like, which is like over the top, stupid, like there's no way that somebody could actually do this type action. But also it's not like completely gonzo, you know, like, yeah, they play Rocket League with a bomb in this movie throughout the streets of Rio Rio Mm -hmm. de Janeiro. So like it is pretty silly but it's more in line with the silly that I came to love about this franchise in the first place and less so the the complete nuts stuff that ruined the franchise for a lot of people. And I think I think the big thing that really the big change that really did it for me was it was no longer like all the other Fast and Furious movies where they're hired to steal this thing and then in the end they get away, they're criminals but they're not. Mm-hmm. In this one it was genuinely about like the people in Dom's life and the people who have helped Dom and uh, how his past was coming back to bite him in the ass. And it's just like, there's something more there. There's a little more sustenance or -hmm. sustenance in the villain and the um, kind of uh, the huge action stunts they do. There's, there's a reason behind it instead of just, yeah, money and cars and all this stuff, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And almost all the villains in this franchise now, or at least the last two movies, have been, like, retconned into the story. Like, Jacob was, like, Dom's brother, who you've never heard him once mention his entire life in the last nine movies we've seen. He's never mentioned his long-lost brother. Um, And so he just showed up, inserted into the plot. And then they do the same thing with Jason Momoa, who is a character that has ties to the villain of Fast Five. Um, So my problem is that I love Fast Five. And the sec the second that they're like, yeah, this is the son of the dead guy from the ending of Fast Five. I'm like, sick. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, it was pretty awesome. The movie started and like it starts with the scene from Fast Five. And you said this to me when we were in the theater, but I totally agree that it's so cool to see Fast Five on this big screen because I, I never I saw it on the big screen. Yeah, same. I, so like uh it was just so cool to see it up there and like um be like oh my god that's exactly from fast five with a a superimposed jason momoa in a couple scenes and it is noticeable that they are superimposing jason momoa and i was like oh they're not even subtle about it but it's really funny 
Yeah, um, they aren't subtle about it. And they also, in those like first couple of shots where it's Jason Momoa and his dad, it's so clear that he's older. Like, I feel like they didn't even try that hard with the de-aging or anything. No, no not like, at they're all. Just like, ah, it's fine. No one's going to notice. Just get him back. It's the same guy. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into this movie and its plot and everything about it. Before we continue, I do want to read the plot summary for this movie because it's absolutely hilarious. Okay. Uh, a lot of plot summaries for movies are like, oh, cool. It explains the movie pretty well. This is really funny. It goes over many missions and against impossible odds. Dom Toretto and his family have outsmarted and outdriven every foe in their path. Now they must confront the most lethal opponent they've ever faced. Fueled by revenge, a terrifying threat emerges from the shadows of the past to shatter Dom's world and destroy everything and everyone he's ever loved. Oh my god. Damn, settle down. They're really they're really trying to sell you on that movie with that description. Yeah. Jeez, they're like, everything culminates right here, right now. It all concludes in the first part of a th- of a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, right. Trilogy. Yeah. We will have to see about that, and we'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. yeah, this movie opens with the family barbecue, which is usually the ending of all these movies after the plot has wrapped up. Uh, instead of the Instead of it being an ending, they just shove it right at the beginning. You get Oscar winner Rita Moreno showing up here to play Dom's mom for like five minutes, and then she leaves. Yeah, question. Have we ever seen her in a Fast and Furious movie before? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no way. I thought I'd just forgotten, and I just kind of like was like, whatever, it's fine. Um, wow. <laughs> Rita Rita Moreno is an extremely talented actress, and it's like just get your bag, just get your bag and get out of here. It's all good. Yeah, is it? Wasn't she also in that uh, eighty for Brady movie? She was. She's rough, getting the bag. She's getting the bag year for, this year. No, yeah. she's just getting the bag. That's it. <laughs> she's just yeah, securing the money, paying paying for finances. I don't know. Sending her grandchildren to college. Good for her. Exactly. Uh, yeah, pretty fun opening scene though. I don't know. I love when they play some like trashy rap music over like drone shots of the house and everybody just like arriving for dinner i always find it really fun it is very fun and then we are introduced as you had mentioned in the very first scene uh we get the fast five scene with jason momoa superimposed into it he is as i had mentioned the the son of the villain from fast five and he is having the time of his life i feel like before we go any further and we get into like the rest of this movie the one thing that everyone is united on is that just jason momoa is pretty great in this movie yeah. And he really is. He's playing, as many people online have called him, he's playing Street Racer Joker. Literally, yeah. And I and I think that that's a pretty good way of describing him in this movie. He's he's just having the time of his life. It might be, honestly, my favorite use of him as an actor in a movie. Joker, if he got those scars from crashing a Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but w- what do you think of our villain, Dante? As you had mentioned earlier, you th- he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's really good. I think that um, it's kind of fun to have a in a movie where they're trying to go back to the simpler times of the Fast and Furious to have such an ostentatious villain who is bringing that um, insanity uh, and absurdity of the uh, Fast and Furious franchise in just his performance. I think it's really good. And I think um, it's a great switch from all the very serious and intense bad guys we've had, because let's be honest. And I think they understand this. Actually, I know they understand this, that this franchise is not a serious franchise. Like it's a little stupid. 
Um, and they tap into that in the movie. They like call themselves out multiple times. Yeah. There's, um, there's a line of dialogue where that actually, I thought was really funny where someone's like, if it can defy the laws of gravity and physics, then they've done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that that was a pretty self-aware, funny line of dialogue. Um, yeah. I think having Jason Momoa come in here and playing such a, he's very flamboyant. He's very mm-hmm. like giggly and um, over the top. Insane. Theatrical. Uh, if you would say but he's he's wearing a lot of like pastel colors he's painting his nails he's doing very silly stuff um one line of dialogue that i thought was really funny from jason momoa in this movie that i want to that i want to call out he's talking to his goons as they're like about to set off an explosion to derail dom and, and his family and uh he goes what's that you want me to blow up the vatican well i'll do it but you guys are all going to hell <laughs> that's uh, a great line another great line that i saw a clip of was when he's uh driving in a car and he says something along uh this is like closer to the end when uh, he's driving the car with dom's kid um and he says something along the lines of like uh guess uncle muscles isn't coming to the family barbecue next time oh and he yeah laughs and then he goes it's a serious thing sorry and they just cuts and i'm like what yeah he's he's clearly just he knows exactly what movie he's in and i think a lot of people don't they aren't aware or they take this franchise too seriously and jason momoa is well aware of what version of this franchise he's joined in with with fast 10 yeah um yeah what i I don't remember your thoughts on john cena as the villain in nine uh, I kind of thought he was stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because really what happens is the equivalent of when in Batman versus Superman, they both go, your mom's name is Martha. We're friends now. Cause he, That's exactly he, what happens. In Fast 9, he's just like, you know what? You're my brother, family. They shake hands and that's kind of, they're no longer enemies anymore. In this, he, I'm not going to lie, he kind of felt like Peacemaker to me. He's playing a yeah. He's playing a different character than the version of Jacob that we see in Fast Nine. Yeah, the version of Jacob's like super serious. He feels almost more like Peacemaker in this. He's very. He's actually pretty funny in this one. I thought this was a much more effective use of John Cena uh, in Fast yeah. Ten than I did in Definitely. Fast Nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this movie, I was trying to think of how to how to formulate my thoughts on that. There, this movie is in my opinion, and I've seen people disagree with this online, but it's more in line with the films of Fast Five, of course, with it kind of being a little bit of a sequel to that one. Uh, Six and Seven, it has, I think it's tonally most in line with Seven, which is like really dumb action, but like not as dumb as these movies will end up getting. Yeah. Um, Do you think that them making this villain tie into Fast Five is just their attempt at baiting people and remembering what a better version of this franchise used to look like? A hundred percent. Like this movie, so much of this movie is about remembering the past. Um, like in the early beginning of the movie, when uh, Dom's in his garage fixing up his truck or whatever, you see like a shot of um, a bunch of pictures, which are just stills from the movies. <laughs> um, like Brian and everyone of the old gang and like all this stuff. Um and you hear like the little twinkly keys from see you again in the background. Um, and like the t- full time with fast five and all this stuff there, there's so much trying to get you to remember what this franchise used to be, but they're already so far gone. Like it's, it's like 
I get what you're trying to do here, but it, it it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, because we're already so far into the deep end. They're yeah. like, do you remember Fast Five and how good it was? I'm like, oh boy, do I ever. They're like, well, this is not that good, but we're going to try and convince you it is. Also, wild for them to be like, let's tie it back to fi- Fast Five to ground it a little more and then immediately show the scene where they drive a, a bank vault uh, down the streets of Miami or wherever they are. Down the streets of Rio. And I only know that Rio. because I think this is one of the sickest action movie scenes ever. It's, it's amazing. So- I'm not going to lie. I love it so much, but I love just like, this is how we bring it back to some sanity. Yeah. we Here's we how we go back to the it. basics. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on the new cast members? Because we have some people joining this movie almost in an attempt for them to just get as many celebrities as they can in here. Uh, we have Brie Larson popping up as the daughter of uh, Mr. Nobody, who is, mm-hmm. you know, the big government guy who, who looked out for the family in the previous movies. Uh, we have Daniela Melquire, who was Ratcatcher from James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. She's here. Um, of course, Brita Moreno, as I had mentioned, securing the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, little Pete Davidson cameo going on here, which was hilarious. Thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and then we have Alan Richson, an actor I'm unfamiliar with, but he plays like the guy that's hunting them down throughout a lot of the movie, and then switches I, sides, and then switches sides again. He's really well known for uh, Jack Reacher. He plays Jack Reacher. Oh, okay, cool. I thought he was actually good in the movie, despite the fact that his character is a complete prop for whatever the movie wants him to do. Yeah, I mean, he's to be honest, he's playing Jack Reacher. Um. Mm-hmm. In the movie, he's very much just like a very serious military government guy. You know, that's yeah. kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I think that Brie Larson, unnecessary, but hey, throw her in there. Why not? You need somebody on Dom's side that's connected to Mr. Nobody or whatever. Um, uh, like, I-, I don't. I don't think it's bad to have these other A-list actors in it, but no wonder it costs three point nine million billion or whatever. Um, but it's just like they do very much feel like throwaway characters. Yeah. Like Mister Nobody was kind of interesting because he cared about Dom and like the family a little bit, but like Brie Larson's character should just like. Yeah, we got to be on Dom's side for this. And I'm like, why are you on Dom's side? I've never seen you before. I've never have you ever interacted with Dom? Um I don't know. So it's just they do kind of feel like throwaway characters that are just there to fill in the gaps, you know? Agreed. I think that they're all pretty disposable and they're more so added to set up them having more screen time in the next few movies. I'm sure. Like Brie Larson, yeah. I'm sure we'll see more of her doing more important stuff. It's really funny that just like I think Brie Larson's really talented, and I know a lot of people on the internet like to hate on her. I think she's really, really good, um, especially her early career. Like I was, I was really into the work she did back then. And then Captain Marvel happened, and I thought that movie was fine. And now everybody just loves to hate on her. But I don't know what she's doing here. Like I don't know why her manager was like, "Here's what you need to do. You need to have like ten minutes she's, of screen time in Fast X." She's here just in case the Marvels doesn't pan out. Um, that's true. <laughs> uh, but I will also say. Uh, it's funny I keep mentioning this thing about they clearly did they, all the money is going into the actors clearly it's not into the CGI because do you remember the scene where we're in like the HQ and you've got Brie Larson and the guy who plays Jack Reacher it, do you remember what it looked like no it was so bad the CGI was like something I would see in Spy Kids like it really? was 
awful. Rewatch that scene if you have, if you get a chance. Oh my goodness, the CGI is awful. Because they're in like this, they try to make it like this CGI HQ or whatever, when they could have just shot it in like a room, a generic ass room. Yeah. But it's like uh, one of those like supervillain things where it's a big long catwalk into a circle pad in the middle where it's got like a bunch of screens and whatever. And I'm like, why? What's the point? I, I think that's the issue that a lot of people have had with this movie actually is that in going backwards from how dumb the franchise had gotten, you get to you get a lot of moments of characters standing around in rooms that are just kind of like ugly rooms and just kind of talking about like nothing, you know, like just random yeah. ass lines of dialogue. That is kind of the biggest fault of this movie in between the fun action and the hilarious the hilarious insanity of it. There's just a lot of like characters standing around and being like we need to find Dom and his family. And then they're like, no, the family is good to us. They've helped us for years. Like, just a lot of dumb shit like that. Yeah. Um, that kind of gets pretty tiresome pretty quickly. That being said, whenever it cuts back to the fun stuff, it is it is fun. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this movie is, like, set up for the next one. Um, yeah. And it, here's the thing, too. I feel like they were told that they could make three, so they really dragged this one. Because, like... How much can you actually put? I know they've been dragging this on for like 10 movies, but how much can you like cohesively make a story in three movies when you have like so little to work with, you know? Wesley, don't tempt them. They're listening to you right now. Don't tempt, <laughs> don't tempt them. They'll turn it into six movies. I hope not. Um, but like, for example, uh, the entire time that like Dom's out doing uh epic stunt stuff and everyone's out uh doing all these things and whatever letty is in like a prison for this entire movie Mm -hmm. um and there's one fight scene uh between her and the other character cypher that i after the fight scene ended i looked over to you and i said why did they do that like what was the point of that because it was like they just like she literally freed letty and then letty fought her just to escape and come back and be like, I couldn't do it. I need your help now. And I'm like, what? The- you just fought each other. And they were also like, oh, there's four minutes. We have four minutes. And that entire fight scene uh, took way longer than four minutes. Very true. I think it's a pretty fun fight scene. Um, it's it's that- a great fight scene. Don't get me wrong. It just has no reason to happen. Com- completely useless. They were just like, let's just throw it in because it'll be fun to watch Michelle Rodriguez and Charlie Stare and punch each other. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. And these movies have kind of just become that, where it's just characters get angry at each other, they fight each other, and then they make up, and then yeah. they need each other's help. And that's what a lot of these movies have become now. Honestly, though, one of my a really funny thing that I did love from this movie is um, when you've got Tej and Roman uh, in that uh, scene with where they're in Pete Davidson's online cafe and they're trying to like get cars or whatever. They like have this little bro fight where they like they're like kind of throwing each other around or whatever, um, and then in very flashy Roman style, he for some reason just has like powder on him, and he just throws it up in the air. He's like, "It's done. It's finished. I beat you." And I'm like, "What? What is going on anymore? Where did he get this? What is happening?" And it's like a consistent joke, but I thought it was hilarious because it's just like so out of pocket. Yeah, it's really dumb, but it is funny. I think the Tej and Roman thing is the easiest thing for the writers of these movies to just nail because um, Tyrese Gibson and Ludacris just have so much chemistry and they're just yeah. really fun to watch together. 
So whenever you get them together, even when it feels like it's written by a robot, it's like it's still pretty entertaining. Yeah. And then you just have fucking Han just tripping on like a muffin in the background throughout that scene. Why? I don't know. For two seconds, I would have loved to see more of Hi Han, but whatever. They just do it for like five seconds and they're like, look, Han's tripping. And then they just move move on. Yeah. It's really, really dumb. Um, I'm curious. I, I wanted to ask you. Do you have any standout action sequences? Because we had mentioned that a lot of this movie is set up, and that's what I fear is the biggest hurdle for this movie and why maybe the negative reaction is is so intense is because it's like Dune Part 1 and Dune Part 2. You know how those stories are integral? This is like a bad version of that yeah. <laughs> where where it's like once we get the next movie, I feel like it'll all work a little bit better. But without that, it kind of just feels like a puzzle with a missing piece and you're supposed to just accept it as a, a finished puzzle. Yeah. I think the standout scene for me, uh, a standout action scene actually comes pretty early in the movie. Um, when the, like, I don't know, bad guys, uh, storm Dom's house and like Mia and, uh, Dom's son. Oh um, yeah. Are there. I think that's actually a very cool action scene. But only for John Cena. <laughs> yeah, the way that he um, blasts holes in the wall so that he can see when the dudes are approaching. Very cool and very cool. smart. Yeah. Um, and I think it was I think it was kind of like a I think they realized since we won't have the rock in this movie, we need someone big and muscly to do a big uh, action scene. And they were like John Cena. Uh, I specifically think about the part where um John Cena breaks a hole through the floor with some with like a bad guy. He like drops him onto the floor and then he falls through the floor into the next room. And then John Cena just jumps down the hole. Like it's great. It's really good action scene. Uh, but I definitely think that's like the most standout for me. That that is a pretty great scene. And I actually the second he picked that dude up, I think I mumbled under my breath. He's going through the floor. And then he just <laughs> said, and then he just said through the floor. I was like, yep. Um. <laughs> Honestly, for me, even though it's extremely stupid, I thought it was really entertaining. The way that they kind of just play Rocket League throughout the streets with that bomb is, like, really dumb and, like, fun. The amount of times that they that bomb goes through something that should have detonated it is, like, it's, like, in, like, the dozens. It's just Mm -hmm. so, so frequent. But I don't know. The way that they're all slamming their car into it and trying to redirect this bomb and, and stop it, I thought it was really... It reminded me of the Avengers, and I've seen a lot of people saying, <laughs> seen a lot of people saying that at this point they're just car driving Avengers, and that I think is the most representative of that version of this franchise. Yeah, to be honest, I think the most unrealistic moment in this is when Dom backs up down a set of stairs and then does a full like three sixty drift on a set of stairs. I love how you get a close up shot of the wheel just taking it as as if that would happen in real life. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah, that is a pretty good action scene. I thought when you said action scene, I thought you were just meaning fight scene. Uh, we're talking about like cars too. I mean, I gotta shout out um, the, the helicopter scene. Like that's amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely absurd, but so good. Um, I think the final moments of that scene when Dom pulls both the helicopters down by going faster. Um, and then drives them both off and is trailing them behind him like the a safe the vault from five. yeah uh and then is able to somehow whip them around and like hit other cars it's it's stupid 
but it's like the perfect balance of fast and furious stupidity versus like um like good stakes of him trying to get his son back like it's the perfect balance there where it's True. like yes this is ridiculous but i'm still invested because dom get your son <laughs> right yeah i uh i think that that scene is is pretty hilarious too because i've heard people being like how how could he pull a two two planes out of the sky with his car i'm like I don't know. In Hobbs and Shaw, Dwayne Johnson does it with his with his arm. So I'm less focused on how a car could do it if he's pulling them out of the sky. Yeah, with his in hand. another Fast and Furious movie, Dom Toretto stopped a car, <laughs> like fully just stopped it. You remember when that car gets thrown into another car and Dom's on like the side of one of the cars and he just like kind of stops it in midair. He's just like freeze, hold up there, yeah. Like they said in this movie, if they if it defies the laws of physics and gravity, they've done it twice. If you ever are watching a Fast and the Furious movie and you're like, how did they do that? You simply need to consider that they went faster. Yeah, and you simply need to, need to consider that it is a Fast and Furious movie. And they yeah. were more Fast and Furious than your brain could comprehend. Yeah, it's like when it's like that joke with The Flash where he's like, want to see me run around the world really fast? And he's like, want to see me do it again? That yeah. That's what it's like with them. <laughs> they can just do it. Uh, but it's so good. Um, yeah, We do have to talk about... The, the movie the writing for this movie a little bit because i feel like we haven't mentioned it and it is something that has gotten the most flack online i've made jokes and i've alluded to throughout this episode already that this movie feels like it was written by chat gpt or like writ written by a robot and and that is very true um i can't i can't even fight it or pretend otherwise the dialogue in this movie is abominable i can't believe it's in a real movie that costs this much it's crazy <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a particular line, but I know, I know, I know the, I know the perfect sequence. Um, this is close to the beginning of the movie. Dom and Letty are upstairs in their bedroom and Dom oh. is looking out in the window. I laughed so hard at this in the theater. It was hilarious. Dom is looking at, at the window, uh, at like some car that drives by or whatever or pulls up. Um, and Letty walks over and goes, what are you looking at? And he turns around and goes, you he's not looking at Letty. Was my like, brother you were yeah you were not looking at her but that doesn't that it doesn't stop there letty says something i i don't even remember what it is and dom just completely ignores it and goes how do you get more beautiful every day and then she just hops up onto them onto him and they get in bed and they start having sexy time and i'm like how is it that easy like <laughs> he hits her with that one line the the Spanish pop music kicks in and it's on. I just thought it was so funny when she's like, what are you looking at? And he turns around and it's like you, it's like, no shit. What were you looking at out the window? <laughs> I also, I also thought one of the lines that was really funny too. Um, and I don't know why, because at this point, whenever I hear family in these movies, I should be desensitized to it. But when Brie Larson is very seriously talking to someone and she's like, we can't abandon Dom and his family. I'm like, yeah. You you were in like a you were talking to like a high up government executive and you just referred to them as his family. Yeah. I love that every character around them just views them as a family at this point in this movie. It's not just them saying it, it's everyone around them now. Yeah. It's it's funny cuz like you get people who are very serious about it and you get other people who are like and they're little family. And it's just great. And honestly, going back to like the dumb writing, even the thing like Han eating a psychedelic cupcake like why that's just something that like an ai would craft into the scene to try and like pad out the runtime the ai was like uh han eats snacks 
Let's make him eat drug snacks. He will see crazy colors for five seconds and we will move on. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I'm, I'm not going to pretend that this movie has... The writing for these movies has never been good, but this one is is particularly over the top and, and stupid. Just really dumb lines of dialogue coming out of the characters' mouths. I also want to mention that Vin Diesel, it seems that he's managed to wrestle full creative control over the powers that be because I feel like there was director interference. Like, the directors had, like, a vision for the previous movies, and Vin would kind of have to work around that. And it feels like the studio at this point was just like, yeah, we'll hire a director, but really the director is you, Vin. Like, do whatever you want, add whatever you want. And the thing is, Vin Diesel is an actor that serves his purpose in Hollywood. I've liked him at times. I think he's good at times. But when he tries to sell... He's a total meathead. And when he tries to... (laughs) When he tries to sell the dramatic moments in this movie where he's like, I'm scared of losing everything. I'm scared of losing my family. It's so bad. It's awful. I can't even believe it's real acting and that he is like the top build actor in this movie. Now, here's an interesting thing. I think his acting has gotten worse as the movies have gone on. I agree. Because I watched a clip from the first one and he like genuinely, I think he is a genuinely good actor in the first one. Um, like there's a moment where Brian is the only one who sticks by his side when the cops show up, whatever. And he goes back to his house and like, there's a party and whatever. And he just like calls everyone out and it's like genuinely good acting. Um, but then I see him in this and I'm just like, yikes. Like he, I feel like he lost a couple brain cells in these past couple movies. Cause whew, he's not he all sustained. There. Yeah. I like to believe that Dom has sustained a little bit of brain damage because it makes these movies a little easier to like accept. (laughs) Like he's been through enough. He should be dead. He definitely has a little bit of brain damage and maybe that's why he he's acted the way he is. Yeah. uh, Vin Diesel isn't allowed to bleed, but Dom Toretto has major brain damage. It's just all the blood just like hemorrhaging inside of his brain because he's not able to bleed it out. My goodness. If anyone's wondering, uh, in Dom Toretto or Dom Toretto, in Vin Diesel's contract, I can't, I can't separate the two. They're the same person to me. They, they um, are the same person. In Vin Diesel's contract, he cannot bleed on screen. So, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's like, it, it wouldn't look very manly of me to bleed. I also heard that, uh, um. The Rock and Jason Statham have similar contracts. I don't think it's that they can't bleed. Um, I think it's that when they get into fights, even if they lose the fight, they have to throw an equal amount of punches. Like, yeah, that is as good as they get, which I think is so odd. Anywho, the the Dwayne Johnson, I believe we talked about it on our last episode about it, but the Dwayne Johnson Vin Diesel beef is one of the craziest parts of this franchise because they just. Dwayne Johnson showed up on, like, what movie? The fifth movie. And he started trying to wrestle control away from Vin, which really pissed off Vin Diesel, who is, like, pretty much the de facto leader of this entire franchise. Um, And so they ended up getting into this huge spat, and it got very online and public, and Dwayne Johnson swore he would never return to the Fast franchise. We will talk more about that later. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I, I just find it very funny the way that they went to war over like who gets to be more manly in these movies because it's just the most it's like the most fast and the furious thing ever the behind the scenes are just as over the top 
male, like, we're all going to win and we're all going to fight. It's just the exact same thing. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk a little bit about why people are so much more pessimistic towards this particular movie. And I have a theory that it is because of the ending. I think mm-hmm. that I think the ending is what pissed a lot of people off because the movie is not the greatest fast movie, but it is like more entertaining and a little bit more silly than some of the other ones. And I really like like that about it. Uh, it returns to a kind of version of the franchise with like five, six, seven being like my absolute favorite versions of these movies. It returns a little bit more to that. And I don't, I was kind of baffled at like the mass amount of hate, hate towards it. And it seems that people are either rating it similarly to what you and I did, um, which is like fun, but kind of forgettable, or people are giving it like 0.1 star or like one star and being like cinema is dead. The future of movies is dead. And I think that that's all because of the ending. This movie makes the choice to end on a massive cliffhanger. So, spoilers, obviously, but we already spoiled it. John Cena dies. I actually have a theory that John Cena dies, too. Dies. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Dwayne Johnson, kind of spoiling what we'll talk about later, but I think Dwayne Johnson probably was like, I won't come back to this, this franchise unless you get rid of the other wrestler. Like, I actually... I think that that's very no. possible. That, like, I honestly believe that. <laughs> Nevertheless, John Cena is dead, maybe, and maybe. Dante is about to blow up Dom and Dom Dom's kid via using a dam that is kind of like flooding, and he has bombs, explosive cell around it. They're like pinned down in the middle of it. The rest of the gang arrives in a plane, but is shot out of the sky, and the plane crashes with them on it seemingly killing them but definitely no not. <laughs> you want to hear something very sorry to interrupt this um, it's okay but uh they don't die obviously um but i also watched when i was watching the movie i was like i bet you you can probably see their cars drive out of the plane in the background as the plane crashes on the side of one of the hills you see four little trails of dirt like, uh, like they're so they- fine they just drove away, yeah. Yeah, they, so, they made it off. So it seems like everything is dire. Dom gets all serious. He looks at the camera. He realizes he's, like, dead or, you know, not. But he, he thinks he is. And then the movie ends. Um, except this is the dumbest cliffhanger of all time because they they aren't killing Dom. They certainly aren't killing a little boy. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, they, they aren't killing any of the other characters because this franchise is entering its end game, and if they want to land some real like family moments they need everyone there so they're not going to start killing people right now but everyone's in peril and then the movie ends without any clear resolution and now we just have to wait two years and i think that's what's pissed off a lot of people is like it's so obvious that everyone's fine but the movie clearly thinks we're dumb and tries to convince us like oh no what's gonna happen i'm like everyone's gonna survive is what's gonna happen yeah so I think that's what's kind of led so much people to be pissed off. What do you what do you think about that while I'm saying that? Do you think that I might be onto something? I totally think you're onto something cuz also um after that we get like this end credit scene where um you've got Letty and uh Cypher walking through the Arctic cuz that's where the prison was or whatever and lo and behold the submarine from Fast whatever 8 Fast eight appears and Gal Gadot steps out from inside. And it's like, why did you give us that at the end of the movie? Why didn't you give us that at the beginning of the next one? Right. 
like because they want Gal Gadot to be back and they no want the fans to be like woohoo. There's no point in doing that because now we have to wait two years to even see her on screen. And then the same thing happens in the next one, in the next after credit scene. Because um, we see a bunch of uh, whatever the heck agents breaking into some place and they find a phone that was left there by uh, Jason Momoa's character. Um, and this one guy answers the phone, takes off his helmet, and who is it other than The Rock himself? Um, I I don't like how excited I got in the theater watching that scene. I'll be honest. Like I was sitting next to you, like yes, oh, yeah, it's him. Um, Dwayne Johnson's character to me is like, I think he really adds a lot to this franchise. I think he's so like. Like we've been talking about Jason Momoa tapping into like the, the identity and the personality of these movies really well. So does Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I think Jason Momoa takes it to the craziness of uh, Fast and Furious, and Dwayne the John Dwayne the Rock Johnson takes it to like this super serious, hardened, almost to the point of comedy, which yeah. is really good. He he's he seems like a character out of a satire of these movies rather than yeah. a character who's actually in the movies. Shout out uh, his line where he goes, "You some bitch." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. It's so good. Jason Momoa is like talking about how he's gonna find him, and like you start connecting the dots that it's gonna be Dwayne Johnson because you see flashbacks of like Hobbs pulling the trigger in Fast Five on his on his father, and he's like, "Well, if you're looking for me, I'm not that hard to find." You some bitch. <laughs> it's the craziest line delivery ever. I also never realized that that is his catchphrase. You some bitch. Yeah, he says it in multiple movies. Cause I saw a TikTok <laughs> of him saying it in multiple movies. Sure, I never caught that either. That's really funny. Neither did I. But that's wild. Um, yeah, Gal Gadot being back. Sure, like why not? Because at this point, nobody's in danger. Nobody can die. She fell off of a plane that was flying off of a runway. And we saw her literally disappear into darkness. And I guess because we didn't see her body, we should have known better. But yeah, Gal Gadot is here again. Clearly in the in with the new state of DC, she was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll come back to the Fast franchise. Yeah, why not? Yeah, but I don't know. What do you think of this ridiculous cliffhanger ending? It's, n- it's not a cliffhanger. Like, <laughs> we know what's yeah. coming. It would have made way more sense for them to film... Uh, these like last, if they were actually going to do last three, these last three movies like super close together, make us wait for all the last three of them and then release them closer. Because the two year wait, there's no anticipation. Like no one's on the edge of their seats waiting for Fast 11 or whatever it's going to be called. Um, So, and they've already missed the amazing moment to call it fast 10 year seatbelts. So I know, I know what a shame. I can't believe that they, that they let that one. Yeah, they're like, by. let's go with Roman numerals instead. Our audience is smart. <laughs> They'll get it. I kid, I kid you not. I told, I don't even remember who it was. I told them that I went and saw fast X and they were like, what number are they on now? I was like, damn. Okay. People don't even know. And that's that's exactly what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. It's just like nobody nobody cares anymore. Everyone's no one given cares. up on this franchise. Which um, is sad to see, but at the same time makes sense. Things have to end. You have to end stories. And yeah. they're just like, they're really pissing on the people who are still here and still excited to see this conclusion. 
Um, this brings us to the announcement that Vin Diesel threatened upon all of us at a recent red carpet where he said, he was talking about this new movie, and he said, the studio saw Fast X, and they said, can you turn this two-part finale into a trilogy? And then the interviewer starts freaking out, and she said, are you confirming that that there's going to be a, a 12th Fast and the Furious movie? And then Vin's like, I can't say, and he walks away. Um, please don't. Just please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Stop it. Let the last one be the last one. I was... I was excited for this because I thought Fast X and whatever one follows it, we're going to conclude it. And the fact that they had the nerve to threaten me with two <laughs> two more Fast movies, it's disrespectful. Yeah, I don't. I like genuinely don't know how on earth they could stretch this into. I watched the first one and I was like, there is not a lot here, so I don't know how they could stretch that into two more. You yeah. know in this three-part trilogy. So I, I'm very skeptical. So that leads me to a question I wanted to ask, which is what are your theories on how they will, if we had to, if we had to find, come to some sort of resolution of how they will manage to stretch this into two more movies, will, will Momoa be the villain of the next two? Will Momoa die in the next one? And then there'll be like a bigger bad. Will Charlize Theron return as the main bad guy in the last one? Like what are, what is the, the plan here? Here's how I think it goes down. Majority of the second movie is spent with uh, Letty and Cypher and Gal Gadot, um, who end up meeting up with Mia somehow. Uh, Brian drops her off or whatever, and you see like the skyline and then drives away or whatever. Um, majority like of the movie is. He's like an Uber now. He's an Uber now, yeah. Majority of the movie is spent on that to start us off with. Um, and then, like, at uh, it's like the halfway point, we get back to dom and his kid uh surviving this uh flood or whatever and at the end of the second one the family joins up again the family's back together and then the third one is the final big battle that's the only way i could see it playing out but that sounds so boring like, so boring that was that's what be- this movie was was them all separated how do we do that again and then bring them together at the end of the next one and they'd be like come back in two years exactly so i just i really hope that they don't do that and they just make uh uh, second part to this tri- this ending because oh gosh a trilogy would be too much I think the trilogy was riding on the idea of this movie performing really well which it isn't so here's where I'm at I want this movie to perform well enough for them to get one more movie I don't want it to flop altogether and then have them scrap the ending that would piss me off yeah. um, and I don't think they'd do that so I want this movie to kind of flop but make enough money for them to be like, okay, we have a little bit of a fan base left. Do one more movie. Call it a fucking yeah. day. It's done. Let it let it let it end. Yeah, just right in that sweet spot there. So, yeah, just hoping. Honest predictions. I want to ask you: Will they CGI Paul Walker into yes. the final final? Movie? Yes, hundred <sighs> percent. Crazy. I crazy times we're living in now. Yeah, like they CGI dead people into movies all the time. Like, there's no way they're not going to do that. I know. And, like, they'll find some sort of way to call it respectful. And maybe Paul Walker would have wanted it. I don't know. Who's to say? He's not alive. It feels weird to me, especially after the great ending they gave his character in Seven. Really quick, fun fact. Um, I don't know what character she played or where she was in the movie. But in this movie, in Fast X, um, uh, Paul Walker's daughter is in this. Uh, uh, I, hear, I heard that, yeah. She's in there somewhere, and I don't know where 
exactly she was, but there's an interview where she is at the red carpet or the premiere for it or whatever. And she's talking about how like, she just wanted to be in it for a small part um, to honor her dad. Cause her dad was so like just low key about things and that kind of stuff. Um, which is mildly ironic to say for this franchise, but super cool that she got the opportunity to be in this movie to honor her dad. Um, I really hope they don't mess it up by like making CGI Paul Walker say lines from older movies. Yeah, that'd be weird. Um, if they make CGI Paul Walker hit the forget about it, cut, I'm going to go crazy in the theater. Oh, that, that'd go nuts. <laughs> the squad would be going up. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I do think that we'll see Brian, and I think that that's both kind of cool and also like really weird and really wrong. I don't know. I have complex feelings on that that whole topic, but I think it would be really weird for it to end without him showing up. Yeah, agreed. Um, especially because at this point, like like I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode, his character, like I thought it was really weird to have uh, Mia at the, the dinner at the beginning of the movie and then an empty seat next to her for Paul Walker. I'm like, okay, I get it. He's not committing crimes with these guys anymore, but he's not even coming to the dinners anymore. Cause what? Cause he's looking after the kids, bring the kids, you know, like it's, ah. they're your best friends. And that's your, that's your wife. She's just going to the dinners alone. It's really weird. And it leads like, I know like plot holes is the last that this franchise cares about, but it's just really, it's bizarre to me. Yeah. It's, it's odd. Like, you know, most of the time, like films would write characters out of that kind of thing, but just kind of having him existing in the world, but we don't see him is weirder than getting rid of him. Right. Like I like that his character is alive and just doing something in the world, but it just makes more sense for his character to be dead. So it's like I, this either dead or just like gone. Like yeah. he's has to go into hiding because they want him so badly or whatever. I don't know. They could There's figure so it out. many of their options. Um, yeah other than keeping a dead man alive in a series of car movies. But hey. You excited for the end game of Fast? You excited for Dwayne Johnson to show up again? Weirdly enough, yeah. I Me think too. I think I got excited uh, for Fast X when you and I were in the car driving to this movie. This was hilarious. Um, Hayden and I are driving to the movie, and I'm like... Or I think you said a little something along the lines of like, you know, I'm not even emotionally invested in any of these characters anymore. And we're just like, I guess we're just here to see how it ends. So I, I'm excited. I need to see how it ends. I can't. Yep. I can't uh, just like leave the family as is. I got to got to see how they all uh, live their lives afterwards. I got to watch the final barbecue. I mean, come I gotta on. I got to see it. I got to see it. You know, Statham's going to be there. I hope I pray to God Cipher doesn't show up at the next next barbecue. That would be real weird. Neither do I. I really hope she's not there either. You know, like these movies are extremely stupid, and there's a lot of people who are like they've completely overstayed their welcome. I'm not interested in watching them anymore. I kind of have an attachment to these movies, and I don't know why. And I wish I could like pin it down. But when we talked about them on our last Fast episode, like part of me just likes the Fast movies, and I'm never gonna try and convince you that they're good but I will always go see it in theaters and I will always be a little bit excited for it. Even when I'm like, the reviews for this one are terrible and people are saying it's the lowest the franchise can go. Nah, I'm just curious. I'm just excited to see. Yeah. Um, what is your rating for, for Fast X? For Fast X? Ooh, what's my rating? I think I'm going to give Fast X a three and a half. Like, it was a solid movie. I had a good time. Um, 
was the script good? Not really. Was the acting fantastic? Not really. Uh, but did I enjoy myself in that theater? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So I give that a solid three and a half. I just here here it's it's saying something that when we got out of the movie we immediately made plans to go on to Grand Theft Auto Five for the first time in months. We we hadn't played it in months, and we were like, let's make their cars and drive mm-hmm. around real real fast. And we did. We did. And we do did. That. And it was really fun. Um, the last thing I'm gonna do is act like this is a good movie. I think that this is like if we're talking in quality, it's like a two and a half. But if we're talking about how much I enjoyed myself in the theater and the dumb idiot smile I had plastered across my face at multiple times, it's like it's a three and a half. So. Yeah. Like objectively, I would I would rate it lower than my enjoyment for it, you know, but I um, enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. One observation I did make though, uh, there is nothing like driving home after watching a Fast and Furious movie. It's dangerous. There is no better feeling because it is dangerous because some people might want to speed or whatever. But I was just like listening to rock music driving my. <laughs> shitty 2010 toyota corolla um and i was like shifting real cool and i was like yeah driving around it's great there's nothing like it and if you have never experienced that i'm sorry you got to do it to the classic fast and the furious soundtrack too yeah you do also something i've learned uh from a awesome tiktok account uh straw hat goofy which i mentioned a couple times he made a video about how all of the songs made for the fast and furious movies are bangers and you cannot like fight it can't can't fight fate it's oh. the, the songs are good i can't deny they're all so good like if you're looking for like a good summer rap album every time a fast movie comes out there it is it's right there for you yeah there's this song in the new one with 24k golden on it and it's like take me back to the city that i call my city where everybody knows my name it's a good song it's been stuck mm-hmm. in my head for like three days and i wish it wasn't good but i think a lot of people forget the amount of bangers that have been released for the fast movies throughout like the last decade like see you again i mean it's one of the biggest songs of all time yeah. um we own it wiz khalifa and two chains mm-hmm. is, is a fantastic gym song from fast six um candy paint post malone that song was made for fast eight yeah like a lot of songs that end up on the radio and get like a lot of radio play and become very popular they were just like secretly made for the fast and the furious movies and i don't know if there's like a a hit on this this version of the soundtrack on Fast 10 soundtrack but I've been listening to it and I think it's it's a solid little little rap album to listen to in the sun's shining yeah agreed do you have any other thoughts on this movie uh family that's about it my, my, my familia Amelia. Los Banderlos <laughs> yeah I, I I enjoy these fast movies I can't wait to see where it and uh, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the episode, but I even got the little cross necklace on uh, for this one. There you um, go. Shout out, Dom. You know, you got to gotta represent. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where this franchise ends finally. It's time um, to bring it to an end. I'm excited to see whatever that end might be. It really is. Uh, so I, I can't wait. And, you know, uh, we'll see what they've got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. When it comes two years down the road and reveals the much anticipated answer to the cliffhanger that that we can't can't get enough of. I I don't know what's gonna happen. Whoa! Just is kidding. Dom I, and his son know. gonna die? Who who knows? What I do know <laughs> is that is probably it that we have for uh, Fast and Furious. 
um, or Fast X at least. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to hear our other episode on the on the entire Fast and Furious franchise, that is absurdity. Um, please, we check were drunk. That out. We were drunk for that one. It's a good episode. <laughs> we were drunk for that one. It was a lot of fun. Uh, check it out on uh, our podcasting wherever you listen to your podcast spotify apple all those places um you can find us on instagram at the dive in movie cast and our individual instagrams i'm at wesley giffen i am at hayden kudras and it is the same name on our letterboxd so thank you guys so much and we will see you next time sometimes when you drive all you gotta do is hear, feel the car look for the line and let it fly forget about it cut. 